The BBC Good Food Show Summer returns to the NEC in Birmingham from Thursday the 16th to Sunday the 19th of June. And the Big Kitchen Stage will once again host a star-studded list of top chefs cooking live. Joining Michelle Rue Jr., James Martin, John Tarode and Dame Mary Berry, plus many others, is a Good Food Show favourite, Tom Carriage. And I'm delighted he joins me on the line to look forward to the show. Tom, uh, good to chat to you. Looking forward to being back at the NEC? Oh, I can't wait. The NEC is amazing. Like, it's such got such a great vibe. It's such a brilliant kind of space to hang out in. There's an incredible atmosphere there. And, you know, the summer one is just so good because you've got, this, you've got outdoors and sunshine as well. And it, it's got such a wonderful vibe to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are you going to be cooking on that big stage? It's quite something, that stage, for people who haven't been before, isn't it? I mean, it is a big, it's like a, a rock and roll show. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a it, it's a great big stage. It's brilliant. I mean, it adds something to people's day. You know, you come in there, you see, I don't know, 20 minutes of a chef cooking, doing, like you say, you mentioned those are those big names there of lots of people cooking, connecting with people, doing some food that hopefully kind of fits into that summertime vibe. But we're going to be cooking some chili prawns. Uh, I'm going to be doing a T-bone steak. And we're going to be doing some, going to be cooking some uh, charred pineapple with kind of like a salted rum and coconut caramel sauce. So all the sort of things that go really well, whether it's barbecue style or cooked it indoors and then eaten outdoors. Mm. What is it, pineapple? Now, what is it about pineapple that divides opinion? Because I know some people would kill you rather than eat a pineapple, uh, a pizza with pineapple on it. Who but... are these people? I've never heard of them. Uh, look, honestly, pineapple is the most amazing thing. It's it's, be- it's it's juicy, it's succulent, it's sweet, and it works really well roasted. It works beautifully as a dessert. It also works really nicely with savoury dishes like chopped up, put through a salsa to go with kind of like barbecued pork or something like that you know it's it's lovely pineapple's got it's got that kind of perfect kind of mix of um acidity and sweetness and you know it, it's such a lovely thing to work with i mean mm. and it's beautiful for it's the sort of thing that it holds its structure not like other fruit where they kind of cook and break down pineapple always stands firm and that's what makes it a great thing to be cooking with particularly in the summer mm. barbecue pineapple amazing see so if the restaurant business ever went wrong you could be a pineapple salesman with that sort of passion there you go <laughs> yeah well you know what i wouldn't mind moving to somewhere where they grow them that would be that wouldn't be bad would it you know 24 24 hours sunshine like constantly living in the you know in the sun i mean it would be lovely wouldn't it <laughs> um we're into summer uh, tom lots of people will be uh, thinking about summer ingredients and cooking outdoors let's deal with ingredients first what are your top three favorite ingredients for the summer but do you know what? I mean, one of them is actually, it's, got, it's not an eating, it's a process, it's charcoal. Now, like, cook outdoors, get the barbecue going, get that charcoal lit, because that adds flavour. Now, we always talk about ingredients that add flavours, whether it's salt and pepper and seasoning, or whether it's spicing, or whether it's marinating things, or, you know, all about flavour. But actually, flavour from the charcoal on a barbecue is just stunning. It really does give that sense of summer. We all know it, don't we? When, you know, you, you sit in the garden at six, seven, seven o'clock at night and you can smell somebody's barbecue and the neighbours <laughs> next door up and down. You go, oh, someone's got the barbecue lit. And that, you know, it's got that lovely sense of excitement. So my first ingredient is always going to be get that barbecue lit. It'll be absolutely delicious. It's, it's a sense of occasion. It's brilliant. Whether you're just doing burgers or sausages. Another one for me is always smoked paprika. I'm a big fan of smoked paprika. It's got that... um 
it's a store cupboard kind of essential that we always have in our house and it's it's got a beautiful color so it marinates it helps when you cook things with it it gives it kind of like a wonderful kind of um caramelization like an orange crust on it but it's also got that lovely smoky flavor um you know a little bit a little bit like bacon but without it being bacon you know it's a delicious thing so smoked paprika is another one and then uh, you know beautiful things in the summertime is lots and lots of fruit so we're very very good in this country of berries you know our Summer, summer berries are fantastic, you know, raspberries, strawberries, gooseberries, they're all absolutely stunning. The cherry season comes through soon and all of this sort of stuff is, you know, they're not around for long and we do them very well in this country. So make the most of them and celebrate them. Mm. I know throughout your, your time, Tom, you've been very keen on using the very best ingredients from the very best producers. And the Good Food Show does have an amazing uh, array of artisan producers and, and people who've perhaps turned to producing food or getting involved in the food industry as a result of the pandemic. And I know you're, you're always keen to support them, aren't you? Yeah, you know, there's many people that, you know, it's a very, very difficult industry to work in to make money. It's, you know, contrary to what people think, busy restaurants don't always make money. People that are, you know, making cheese or, you know, making, distilling their own gin or making their own brownies or doing whatever. Like, it's something that starts off as a habit. The amount of work and effort that goes into something to create something for people to buy. It's an industry that's full of people that love it. You talked about their artisan producers. It's full of people that fall, fall into the industry because they're doing something that they thoroughly enjoy. They may well come out of jobs that are nine to five or ones that they aren't enjoying. They're earning money, but it's actually, they go to work in a position where they're not enjoying it. And food is full of people that are full of passion for what they do. And if they can make money from it or just, you know, just enough to break even, survive doing the job that they do that they love going to work to do you know they may be making it in the bottom of their garden or they may have a little tiny unit where they're making whatever it is that they're making these are people that are having a go at trying to live their best life and not you know not this time next year Rodney will be millionaires they're, they're actually going you know they're actually just going this is just something that I love doing and we must always support those people because they're following their passion their heart their soul and it is evolved and revolved around food and some amazing things that they produce to uh, to taste and drink and uh, you know we all know that food is expensive now and sometimes people will look at these artisan producers and say actually that seems quite expensive but i guess the the good thing is have a little less eat it less often but get something of quality I mean, we, we've all we see it in the press all the time about how much we and we feel it in our pockets. All of us, we all know how much things are rising in cost, how expensive everything is, um, and, and you see it. And then on top of that, when you look at people that are producing it, this isn't um, a, a huge production lines. This isn't um, intensive farming. This isn't um, you know things that have been done on a mass scale to drive costs down. This is people that are creating, spending their own time. You know, if you. you Think of what you would have. You, what what would you pay yourself as a daily rate? That's what these people are having to do to live, to then create something. You're not you're not just paying for great ingredients. You're paying for human beings' time, people's time to do stuff, and that's where the value comes in. The touch, the understanding, the connection to to another person that's got a passion and a drive, and that's why things. That's why good food always costs is much higher and expensive because you know there's the touch points from start to finish. 
and whether whether it's where the vegetables are grown or whether how, how the distillery is made or put together or how the cattle have been looked after no matter which point whether how the pigs are done and then you know if say it's somebody who makes their own salami you know you're buying the best pigs that have lived for you know much longer than most pigs that have intense farming practices that you know are outdoor reared and then the curing process the turning the the looking after the aging all of these things they are all things that take time they're all things that take you know and and that's where the the, the cost comes in and you know and then it savor it enjoy it when you eat it enjoy it when you when you use it or you drink it you know it's savor the time that's been spent creating it and that, and then that's where there's real value to it mm, very very uh, well put um lots of people um particularly young people perhaps coming to the bbc good food show at the nec will have an aspiration perhaps to move into the catering and hospitality industry to follow in the likes of your footsteps and uh, and your other uh, colleagues who are going to be there what are advice would you give to them grab the job that you want to do stick with it it's the it's the hardest work it's not an easy industry to be in it's not if you're looking for an easy life this isn't it but if you're looking for an exciting vibrant fun fulfilling creative you know uh, um where we you know we've got to a point where you know so many people are you know are conscious about not wanting to work too hard and want a work life balance and i get all of that but that you get rewards from working working hard there's a sense of you get a sense of achievement a sense of creation a sense of having done something you know and those are valuable not just for mental health but also for for your development in personally and professionally you know dig deep push hard the sense of achievement when you get things it's, it's a little bit like being I imagine a professional sports person, all of that work that you have to put in day in, day out for training, the hard work, the, the running up and down hills, the moving weights around, the doing whatever else, for that little bit of performance at the end of it, you drive yourself in this sense of achievement. All of those sort of things you can get from a work place is exciting. It's vibrant. You know, if you, want, if you have to work hard in this industry to do well, but if you relish that fact and enjoy working hard and the rewards that come with it, then there's no better industry to get that. You can travel the world. You can meet so many different people. It's exciting. It's vibrant. You get to taste all sorts of different foods, drink different drinks, see different bars, restaurants, cultures, creativity, all of it. It's such an exciting and vibrant place. you just got to commit to it 100%. So what would you have been if you hadn't been a chef and a restaurateur, Tom? I don't know. I often think about that. And I think you know, there's a – you know, I – I would have. I, I I like the manual work. I like the graft. I like being with people. I you know, I I often think maybe I like a, probably like a, a removal man, like <laughs> a, like with a but like a really good one that does like people's artisan facts and, and 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 historic treasures or you know things that I would pack things up nicely and graft and drive through the night and do that. Like I kind of but. Do, try and do it as best as my abilities as I can and something like that or I quite often look at those great bit, fishermen you know fishermen that go out to sea for three or four days all those massive boats you know those great big tankers that go around the world like that kind of environment where it, you know it's not a nine-to-five environment it's slightly removed from society as people <laughs> know it it's something very different that all I always look at those tankers you know if, I, if I'm ever by a seaside and you see those great big ships that get you know that one that got stuck in the Suez Canal 
I keep thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd have loved to have been on that. You know, those sort of things are quite. I think uh, so. Uh, an industry like that, I think I would have ended up in if I wasn't a chef. <laughs> with with your focus as well, it would have been like the equivalent of a Michelin-starred house removals business, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I would have. Done, yeah, I'll, I'll come and move your house. Absolutely no problem. I will do it better than everyone else. I'll pack it all nicely. All the all, all the wrapping would be done. Everything would be boxed off beautifully. The sellotape would all be in the right place. Everything would be, you know, everything would be wrapped in beautiful colour-coded blankets. It would all be, yeah, you know, I, I, I'd do it properly. Don't get me wrong, it'd be really expensive, but I would I would do it beautifully. <laughs> that, that actually links, quite interesting, the way you've described that, links to um, food in restaurants, particularly at high-end level, Michelin-starred level like yours, Tom. There's that old adage about feeding the eye first isn't there with presentation and making things look good is that is that as important now as it was back in the sort of nouvelle cuisine type days i i think there's always a, an impact when a plate arrives on a, 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 a to a, a table where people you know where their main courses or their starters arrive there's that there's that visual impact that's always really really important um however i do you know the most important fundamentally is the ingredient is the flavor is the taste because you only get that impact of that dish once you know it's not like a piece of art you're not buying a painting a painting is bought and you stick it on the wall and it's exactly the same day in day out you might see different things in it but as it changes throughout the day the way that the sun reflects on something or it moves or you know it, or, you know whether it's you know it but ultimately the painting is exactly the same day in day out a piece of a, a plate of food put in front of you looks like that once the moment that you've put your knife and fork into it and cut it it's changed so fundamentally it's there to be eaten so it's always got to be about flavor first but i think visual impact has to have it it plays a part but it's not the most important part in in the way that we run our businesses it's always about taste and taste sensation And, and that flavor and that excitement you get from that taste has to last as long as you're eating it not just that first initial impact like that you will get from visual Mm. now apart from uh, the the cooking and the restaurants and the public appearances and the books (laughs) as if you've got any more time left you've recently got involved in in an area that is oh i was going to say controversial but it does create so many divided opinions and that's airline food yeah, we work quite closely with British Airways. We create um, a kind of like a sandwich range with them um, and put some pies together for them. And it's been well, we've been working with them for about three or four years. But obviously, the last couple of years through the pandemic, it's been it's very difficult, and it's very difficult for BA to put things to get things right. We all see the issues that are going on in airlines now and the problems that they've got regarding staffing, which is the same as many many industries, including hospitality. So it's something. That we work quite heavily with and trying to create something to help with them they're a brand that we we feel that we're aligned with you know it's something you know that is very british it's something that you know we we cook with very british ingredients we work mm. very closely together our brand values sit um very similar you know if you fly british airways you, you know you get great customer service you know the people that work on the planes the the stewards are, uh, are fantastic the captains are always very lovely when they speak on the on the uh, uh, over the, the tannoy system and the, the, you know it's always there, there is a connection to guest and uh, I suppose that customer relationship that they try to build that we feel that our brand values align and it's a difficult world to be in in terms of flavour profiling everything has to taste a bit more powerful and stronger because when you're in the air your taste buds change so it's it's one of those um 
it's one of it's one it's one of those areas that we, it's quite exciting to be in that we're working with. It's a company that we enjoy working with. But it, you know, again, that's not one of those. This time next year, we're going to be millionaire projects. It's just quite a fun project mm. to be working with another great company. Yeah. There'll be thousands of people at the NEC in Birmingham from the 16th to the 19th of June. It's going to be a great show. And a lot of them will also be uh, looking to go and taste and buy treats for themselves or or maybe those things that they perhaps think of, uh, rightly or wrongly, as guilty pleasures. What Now, you're a Michelin-starred chef, two Michelin-starred chefs, excuse me. What's your guilty pleasure, Tom? What do you you sneak round the back of the restaurant and and have have a go at? Late night snacks for me is always a bit of cheese and grapes. That is it. Like that—that's my go-to. In fact, that, like I, I missed tea last night. That was—that was my go-to tea when I got in at about eleven o'clock last night. It was—it was, it was bit, a lump of cheese and some grapes. And it, you know, that's it, 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 whether it's a guilty pleasure or not. I'm not really sure. It's just kind of one of those things that I—I I, I love it. it. You know, it's one of those. It's a—it's a highlight of my day. <laughs> I so wanted you to say kebab. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I love a kebab. Yeah, 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 yeah. Al fresco Turkish restaurants—they're the best. Yeah, kebab vans. You know, they're honestly, I love them. I think they're fantastic. They're really done well. The flavour profiles, like flavour profiles, done well. Grilled meat, you know, pickles, spice, cabbage, you know, all of that wrapped up with some form of dressing or mayonnaise or yogurt in a really lovely toasted pita bread. I mean, done well, it's exceptional. It's seen as one of those kind of like dirty street food kind of things. However, like really, it's it's, it's, it's exceptional. The flavour profiles that you can get from great kebabs are just stunning. Classy kebabs and Tom Kerridge removals. It's the future. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, there's two great business ideas there. I might start them. 16th to the 19th of June at the NEC in Birmingham, the BBC Good Food Show Summit. It's going to be a great show. Tom, lovely to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Where can people get more information and, importantly, book tickets? Okay, it's bbcgoodfoodshow.com and that's where you can get all the information and pick up tickets. Tom, great to talk to you. Thanks for your time. No worries, Chief. Nice to speak to you.